Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Walk Show Podcast. This is your host, Walker Neer. Today's show is brought to you by nobody. However, I would like to mention the Ozarks Food Harvest. Um, while we have no official affiliation, the Ozarks Food Harvest is a, an organization that I feel pretty strongly about. Uh, it's a food bank here in Southwest Missouri that helps uh, provide meals to needy families in the area. It's an excellent organization and a highly e- efficiently run organization. It really, there's just not any excuse for for people to be going hungry in the United States of America, especially. Um, we have an enormous amount of food, uh, and the amount of, of food waste that we have is, is just kind of ridiculous. But either way, Ozarks Food Harvest is an organization that, that tries to tackle that. And especially when you look at kids and that sort of stuff, I don't know. There's just, there's no reason that we shouldn't be solving that problem because it's one that we absolutely can solve. Um, so I highly recommend that you... Uh, if you live in the South of Missouri area, that you volunteer or donate uh, as you can to Ozarks Food Harvest. And if you don't live in Southwest Missouri, uh, then I encourage you to find the local food bank in your area and see how you can help there because um, it's 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 pretty scary, especially when you think about kids being hungry. Um, and it, it's something that we can help out with. So I really encourage you to do that. Today's show, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about... Uh, sports and the idea of of kind of competition versus cooperation and kind of how they 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 line up with one another uh, and then I'll follow that up by sharing some uh, some of my favorite kind of sports pundits and commentators and, and the the people that I go to um, to to find out about sports uh, as always today's show is the music is provided by Misha Zarin so thank you very much for that Misha and without further ado let's get on to the show my trip to Colorado, I actually drove, so I had quite a bit of time to kill. <laughs> so I listened to a podcast, actually, the entire drive there and, and the drive back. And one of the podcasts I listened to was an episode of the Joe Rogan Experience from November of 2018 uh, that had the guest Jordan Peterson, who I've talked about on the show a bit. And it's a, you know, three and a half hour conversation, so <laughs> they cover a pretty wide variety of topics, as, as Joe Rogan episodes usually do. Um, but it, it, Jordan Peterson made a point that I thought was really interesting, uh, and that was he, he was talking about the value of sports. Um, and and it, was, it really resonated with me um, because his idea is one that I've kind of a conclusion that I've kind of drawn on my own, although not about sports. So his his conclusion or his idea was that even though sports are competitive activities, right? There's actually all of that competition is actually wrapped up even more in cooperation. Um, and, and now, you know, there's obvious ways to, to see that, right? So if you have, you know, two basketball teams, then, well, of course, you know, everyone on Team A is cooperating to compete against everyone on Team B who is cooperating to compete, right? 
But the cooperation actually goes even a level farther than that. Because not only the players themselves, but the, the coaches and the, the referees and the people who, you know, administer the game, if you will, they're all bought into it too, right? Like, they're all cooperating as well. I mean, the fact that the two teams both show up and agree to try and, you know, achieve this arbitrarily set goal, like kick a ball through a net or, or you know, run around the bases or, or whatever it is, uh, the fact that they are all agreeing to those terms and to participate in that is in and of itself another level of cooperation that you see. And then arguably the fans that are, are bought in and watching it and, and consuming it are also participating in that cooperation because they're agreeing that it matters, right? And objectively, the outcome of a given game doesn't doesn't really matter, right? I mean, it, it's, a, it's a game. It's just sport. But, but anyway, I just thought that was a really interesting point about sports and one that I, you know, have to agree with um, because I'd thought about that idea before about how, especially in America, there's this constant conversation going on about how amazing competition is. And to be clear, I do think there's a lot of value in competition. I do think that it matters. And I think, you know, in in markets, for example, I think, you know, is capitalism perfect? No. Is it the appropriate market solution for every situation? Absolutely not. But I do think that the competition aspect of it does drive innovation, does drive, um, yeah, does, does, innovation is really just the best way to say it, I guess. So, so certainly competition, you know, has value. Um, beyond that, competition is the way that all of nature works, right? Like, if you have a, a you know, a, a plant and another plant grows over it and, and steals its sunlight and the, the smaller plant dies, I mean, they're competing for those resources or entire ecosystems are built off of this concept. Evolution in and of itself is based off of the idea of of competing. But especially when you look at competing in nature like that, it's it's pretty brutal, right? I mean, we're not talking about... <laughs> I'm not talking about winning a game and feeling good or bad about whether or not, you know, you kick the ball through the hole enough times. It's it's much it's much more serious. The consequences of competition are much more dire in, you know, out in nature. But but anyway, my point just being that I think that um the competition is something that's really really heavily celebrated. And again, my point is not to say that it has no place or, or anything like that. Rightfully so. It should be celebrated. However, I don't feel like the values of cooperation are celebrated as much. Um, again, at least, you know, in America. And not that no cooperation is ever celebrated, but, you know, I again, you just, I just, I, personally at least, I'm not hearing conversations where, I hear conversations all the time about, again, the values of competition, conversations about cooperation seem to be reserved for like you know children or 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 companies trying to to do you know 
team meetings or something, right? Where where it all feels kind of meh, you know, kind of fake or something, or or not in the case of, of kids, but it feels like a like an idealistic thing. Whereas competition is like, no, it's not idealistic. It's very much this, you know, super uh, super serious, super real and realistic thing. But if you actually look at it, uh, cooperation is actually what 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 is humanity's greatest strength, I would say. Um, and sure, animals cooperate. You know, wolves hunt in packs and lions, you know, in small numbers cooperate. But nothing cooperates in the way that, that people do. Now, nothing is also as cruel to its own kind as people are. Um, so I also don't mean to paint it with this <laughs> broad brush of everything is wonderful and everyone loves each other. That's certainly not the case. But but cooperation is actually the, the fundamental thing, I think, that, that really allows people to achieve things that, that we never would have thought of before. Uh, case in point, the internet and the fact that I can put this podcast out on it, right? Like, that's not... It's not a competitive thing. It's a cooperation thing. It's a cooperative thing. And it, 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 I just thought it was so interesting that Jordan Peterson tied the idea that even competitive sports are actually all a larger cooperative activity was, was, was really interesting. Um, I think that, you know, especially in today's society, again, in, you know, in the U.S., it, there's so much emphasis on 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 differences now, right? On you know, your team A or your team B, your red or your blue, your right or your left, your religious or your secular, your whatever, you know? <laughs> and we've seen this for a long time. It's actually not just recent. I mean, I remember ten years ago, I'm a, a huge gamer. Um, you know, there was the there was Xbox fanboys and and PlayStation fanboys and that was a, a, a team's thing where people argued with each other and took one side or another. So there's all these examples that we constantly have put in front of us and, and, and are really are, are, um, are really emphasized are all these, these things where people are pitted against each other. It's all this competitive stuff. But I, I think that the cooperation actually just needs, needs, more attention and the fact that cooperation is this really magical really powerful um you know I, idea or concept whatever you want to call it that is is pretty unique to humans you know i mean there's the 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 old like oh what separates us from the animals like oh it's our thumbs or it's our souls or you know what it, but no i i don't think it's any of that i think it's our ability to cooperate on a massive scale now i get that <laughs> Some of the examples that you could point to throughout history are um, forced cooperation, we could say. And, and, and uh, you know, that's being euphemistic and a bit silly, but I get that humanity has uh, borne some horrible atrocities against humanity, right? So in the service of, of something getting done, case in point, uh, you know, the, the railroad in America that was built by basically Chinese slave labor, right? Those people weren't cooperating. They, it wasn't a it wasn't a thing where everyone is agreed to go in together and do something. So 
I get that great feats have also happened through repression and violence and things like that. Um, but, you know, the truth of life is that you can find just about anything anywhere you want. And so if you want to just find the atrocities of humanity, man, you've got, you've got, a, you've got an infinite supply. But if you want to find the examples of humanity being pretty cool, there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of stuff to find there too. Um, and I think that you'll find that it's, it's, it, it's cooperation is that, that common thread there. Um, it's also interesting because I, for a long time, have dismissed sports as a, a triviality while also still consuming sports. Um, I, I don't watch a ton of games, uh, but I do watch like the NBA playoffs. I watch UFC fights. Um, not every UFC fight, but I, you know, I watch some of them. Um, and, you know, I could watch a football game. I could watch, I could even sit and watch golf, you know, if there, <laughs> if there was nothing else going on. But I've always very much dismissed it as like, yeah, but it, you know, it doesn't really matter. And, and to be clear, I still think that the outcome of individual games and the, the outcome of individual plays is ultimately somewhat irrelevant. Um, but I think that, that sports is actually a really, really, really cool and just, you know, beautiful example of, of balance. And that's something that I, an idea that I've had, you know, bouncing around for just some time now, this, this, this constant thought, which again is Dylan Barr, who has been on the walk show a couple of times now. Um, he was the one that really kind of, kind of brought this to, to life for me. And not that I'd never heard that things are balanced before talking with Dylan, but I don't know. He just, the way he talked to me about it just really kind of stuck with me, resonated with me. And so sports actually is a, a really wonderful example of balance because, while the actual object of sports, you know, the, the, the thing that everyone's trying to accomplish is competitive, right? Whether it be teams or one-on-one or whatever that is, it is competitive. It, it's actually also all wrapped up in this idea of, of a larger amount of cooperation. Uh, and again, I don't just mean on the team level, right? I mean, even if you take it just to, to the UFC, for example, the, the coaches, the trainers, the cut men, the ref the fighters and the fans have all agreed to cooperate and participate together in this uh, frankly kind of silly and absurd thing but but we enjoy it so that's okay right um and i think that you just see that so much you know like i, I, I and it, it's kind of a cliched phrase or, or idea but it, it's something that I, I heard the other day and it's absolutely true and it's that the only constant is that everything changes, right? So yet again, it's that perfect balance where we're both ideas that are diametrically opposed, stagnation and change, competition and cooperation, and they're held together simultaneously, even though they shouldn't be. They should be mutually exclusive, right? But they're not. And that's kind of just the truth of, of life, I think, is that there's there's a lot of stuff that seems on its face like, oh, well, that's probably mutually exclusive from that thing, but it's not. Um, and the thing with, you know, the thing with with balance is that if there really is balance, then that means there are things that are unbalanced too, right? And I, the reason I say that is just that I'm not trying to come across as like some <laughs> some guru type or something or, or, or trying to 
to boil life down into some, you know, some sentence or something. Um, but yeah, I think that I think that, that sports is a, a pretty cool example, and I think that actually maybe cheating in sports is is so bad because it actually kind of subverts that larger cooperation. Like, everyone thinks that cheating in sports is bad because it, it diminishes the competition. And that's true. But what it also does is it kind of robs the larger group participating in that of the cooperation that we we all thought we had agreed to. You know, whatever your level of involvement, whether you're actually participating or coaching or administering or just watching, we all kind of have this, you know, maybe unwritten. I guess there are rules, so it is written. But you get my point, like... We have this shared understanding of what it what it, we're we're getting into, and so then when someone cheats and subverts that, it doesn't just betray the other team or the other competitor. It, it betrays everyone who is watching, because it shatters this beautiful cooperation that that we all had. Um, and again, you know, my my point is that is not that competition is bad or that competition has no place or that any anything like that it's not i'm not trying to make an either or um i'm saying that that it, it more so for me personally at least i just had never really considered the larger context of cooperation in sports um so yeah i don't know i i think with that though i'm going to uh to share some of my favorite uh sports journalists and pundits commentators and, and whatever you want to call them because uh, the way I watch sports is really again kind of sporadically and then I end up more listening to a lot of sports podcasts radio shows interviews reading things so I'm I, I, I'm aware of a lot of sports things without actually sitting and watching a lot of the contests themselves um, and yeah so I, I, I'd like to share some of those with you So the first sports pundit, we'll call them, that I want to share with you um, is probably really all of these are, are some of my favorites, I guess. So it's not fair to say that this one is my favorite, but um, Bill Simmons is a, a pretty popular sports personality. This, again, is me telling you guys people that you already know about because it's not like I have some underground sports knowledge or something. Uh, I just I just. These are the, the the individuals that I happen to like. To be fair, though, Bill Simmons' podcast, he said, th- had over 200 million downloads in 2019. So um, there's probably a pretty good shot that you've heard of him. <laughs> but um, but anyway, Bill Simmons is great. 
because Bill Simmons, his whole brand is that he's coming at it as a fan, right? So he's he's a sports writer first. That's a, that's how he got his start, and and now he runs his own media company and has a podcast and doesn't really write anymore. Um, but he did write a book also called The Book of Basketball, which is very excellent. Anyway, and, and he does a, a really good job of coming across as a fan or as kind of a layman, but he has an enormous amount of knowledge. I mean, the guy's basically an encyclopedia for NBA basketball. Um, so if you like NBA basketball at all and you're not listening to Bill Simmons' podcast, I would highly recommend it. Um He's also not very sensational, which is something that's kind of a common theme through all the ones that I like. There's maybe one exception to that, but um, but yeah, Bill Simmons is pretty measured. I mean, people will accuse him of being a, a Boston homer because he, he really likes, you know, he's from Boston, so he likes all the Boston teams a lot, but I think he's still pretty grounded in, in everything, and um, yeah, I don't know. I really appreciate that. The next one I want to talk about is Dan Patrick. Um you might be able to listen to his episodes as a podcast, but he actually has a, a three-hour radio show that's on five days a week. Um, and same kind of thing. Dan Patrick, for anyone that, that's not familiar, used to be on Sports Center back in the day. Um, was one of the, the the Sports Center anchors that I grew up with. And yeah, same thing. Not sensational. Um, tries to be very measured. Um, he's not the same level of expert that Bill Simmons is on the NBA. Uh, Dan Patrick is, I don't know that he was, I don't know if he was ever a writer. He's always been more of a TV personality, radio personality, but he's just, he has really good interviews. He has, he's thoughtful. Um, and, and his show is just a fun show. It's not just him. He's got his four, four members of his production team that are, he sits behind a desk and they're kind of on the other side of that desk at their own, you know, seats or whatever. And he interacts with them throughout the show as well. He calls them the Danettes, which is kind of funny. But but he interacts with them throughout the show. And um, I don't know. It just it kind of captures the feeling of like just sitting around with a few buddies and just shooting the shit about sports. And it's a it's a it's an enjoyable enjoyable listen. I listen to Dan Patrick, you know, just about daily. Not his entire three hour show, but on YouTube and stuff, they they upload the interviews as, as individual clips. Another. Um, individual in the sports world that I really like is Zach Lowe. Uh, he's a the head writer for ESPN for the NBA, and he's also on TV, so if you've watched NBA stuff, you, you've probably seen him. But he has a podcast called The Low Post. Um, and again, same deal. Really, really measured, calm, non-sensational guy. Zach Lowe is an excellent writer and a really, just a really intelligent dude. And so... He, his conversations tend to go in a little more analytical direction. Um, and yeah, I don't know. He's just a, a really, a really entertaining. And, and again, I keep saying these words, but grounded guy. And that's, that's just what I like. I really enjoy a thoughtful, <laughs> grounded conversation as opposed to, to just shouting about whatever, you know, you can come up with. Um, couple other NBA-related shows. Um, Adrian Wojnarowski is a also a writer for ESPN. He is someone who, he's basically the guy that that knows all of the, the NBA trade deals and free agent deals and that kind of stuff. So he really has a great understanding of how the league, you know, the NBA is, is structured as far as, like, what contracts are where and what, what possibilities can happen. 
Um, and yeah, same thing. Great interviews, measured, thoughtful. Really, really enjoy him. The Woj Pod is is the name of his podcast. Um, Jalen and Jacoby is another one. Jalen Rose and David Jacoby. Jalen Rose was an NBA player for a long time. He's been an NBA commentator for almost as long as he played. Um, and then David Jacoby actually started out with Bill Simmons at an old ESPN kind of offshoot called Grantland. Uh, and then Bill Simmons parted ways with ESPN. And, and so then David Jacoby and Jalen Rose made this podcast called Jalen and Jacoby. And it's just, it's one of my all-time favorites. Jalen Rose is hilarious. David Jacoby is hilarious. Their interactions together are really funny. Now, again, the show is pretty much exclusively about NBA basketball. So if you're not super into that, then I don't know <laughs> how much you would like it. Um, but yeah, they just do they, do, they have a lot of funny segments. They, they're not afraid to be, to be different than what you get from most other shows. But again... Still not overly sensational. Still pretty pretty reasonable and, and, and measured. Um, and then a new one that actually came out recently is called All the Smoke with Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes. Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes are two former NBA players who really had personality... Well, the, the public perception of their personalities, I should say, was very much that they are like these tough guys, these kind of gangster dudes that, that you know... Um, are, are just kind of intimidating people or something, right? And it's a pretty cool show um, because you really get to you really get to see them because you know watching an NBA game you have no idea what a guy's personality is like. They're not <laughs> they're not talking about anything, right? They're just they're playing a game, and it's a game that's physical and hard and emotional and all that stuff. And so it's neat to see both of these guys because they're actually both again pretty thoughtful guys that that have a lot of insight because they're both longtime NBA veterans and both of them played for a wide variety of teams because neither of them were ever stars, right? So they're kind of NBA journeymen. So you really get a lot of kind of behind-the-scenes stuff that you don't really get other places, and you get it from the perspective of, <laughs> dare I say, a blue-collar NBA player. I mean, they're all millionaires, so they're not blue-collar, but you get my point. They're not, you know, it's not LeBron James. It's not Kobe Bryant. It's not even Jalen Rose who, while he was never a superstar in the NBA, in college was a member of the Fab Five, which in the 90s college basketball was probably the biggest thing in it. Um, so yeah, All the Smoke with uh, with Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes is, is worth a check out. These next two that I'm going to mention are not, are not NBA-specific, first of all, um, but they're also not in my top ones that I listen to. Um, Skip and Shannon is a show on FS1. Skip Bayless is pretty annoying. Um, it's I, I can really only listen to a very small amount of Skip Bayless before I check out. But Shannon Sharp is pretty hilarious. He has these incredibly ridiculous Southern phrases. Um, he's a, a huge LeBron James fan, and like and Skip Bayless, of course, does not like LeBron James very well because they have to be opposed, right? They have to argue with one another. That's what sells. Um, but anyway. Whenever LeBron James like will win a game or something, Shannon Sharp will show up in the studio wearing a a goat head, like the animal a goat, <laughs> and and then have like black and milds and like a bottle of Hennessy out on the out on the desk, and it's just it's just a pretty good time. Shannon Sharp is is pretty hilariously entertaining and and, and always pretty much worth a watch. 
Um, although it can be hard to get through too much because you also have to listen to his counterpart, you know, Skip Bayless. The other one that kind of falls into the similar category for me is Colin Cowherd. He's generally a little too sensational for my taste. He's also on FS1. Um, both Skip and Shannon and Colin Cowherd have daily shows. And again, Colin Cowherd's, I think he's a, I think it's like $7 million a year or something is his salary. He's very, very highly paid as a sports opinion person, right? He's, he doesn't work for a team. He's not, he's not a former player or something. He's just started as a TV and radio guy and still is a TV and radio guy. Um, he, he can be funny sometimes, but he also intentionally makes outlandish, takes outlandish positions and then tries to defend them. And I don't know it. I get it. It's what works. He's been successful for a long time. Colin Cowherd is way better at broadcasting than Walker Near is, so I will I will concede that. Um, but it's just it's not not really my taste. Um, and the last one I want to talk about is is a, a, a someone who's a huge inspiration for this show, um, and I, I, I think it's the number one podcast in the world. And that, that's the Joe Rogan Experience. And Joe Rogan, you know, his podcasts are interesting most of the time. But he actually has a little sec- separate spin-off podcast that, that's still under the, the JRE brand, but it's called the MMA Hour. Joe Rogan is, is, I would argue, unparalleled in talking about MMA. I mean, he's been a martial artist for his entire life, basically. Um, he's been a UFC commentator for, uh, well, I would guess 15-plus years at this point. Um... He just knows his stuff. He knows what he's talking about. It. He, he still participates in, in martial arts to this day. He knows tons and tons of martial artists and, and UFC fighters and trainers and coaches. And he can just talk about it at a level that that is is clearly expert. Um, and on his show, he has you know like some of the top names from the UFC and some of the top coaches and and it's just really really cool and interesting content. If if you like UFC stuff or if you like you know professional fighting. Joe Rogan, I would I would argue is probably the best source you know on that that topic as far as podcasts go. Um, Ariel Helwani is a, a an ESPN writer for the UFC that is has his own show and I think is pretty popular. But and there, there's several UFC themed kind of podcasts that are out there these days, but I I think none of them compare to to Joe Rogan. Alright guys, well that is going to do it for today's show. I would like to mention that you can follow me on Twitter at The Walk Show Pod, Instagram or Facebook at The Walk Show. 
Uh, you can also always email me at walker at the walk show podcast.com. I also ask if you, if you have a chance to just take a moment and like rate, subscribe, whatever your podcast listening app lets you do. Um, and beyond that, you know, tell a friend about the walk show, help me, uh, <laughs> get some more listeners here, uh, by, by, yeah, by spreading the word a little bit. Also, I want to make sure and shout out my other podcast, pick up your sticks, which is co-hosted by myself and multiple time, the walk show podcast guest, Brett Lindley. Pick Up Your Sticks is a podcast all about video games, uh, but instead of just doing news or reviews or, or that kind of stuff, we try and really get at why gaming matters and, and, and why it you know inspires us and how it makes us, um, I don't know, what, the enrichment we get from in our lives from it. Um, so we certainly do talk about current events in gaming and current games and things like that, but we also dive into older games and our experiences, you know, dating all the way back to our childhood. Um, so if you enjoy the walk show and you enjoy gaming, then you'll absolutely enjoy Pick Up Your Sticks. Again, I want to thank Misha Zarens for providing the music for today's episode. Thanks again for listening, guys. Have a great week.